Depicting the Prophet Muhammad or not, today, Thursday, January 15th, this is The World. I'm Marco Werman. Showing or even describing the Prophet Muhammad is considered offensive by many Muslims, but it wasn't always that way. We're told that his eyes are almond-shaped, that he has beautiful curved eyebrows, that his cheeks, his flesh, is slightly rosy. Plus, how the gunmen in last week's Paris attacks got their weapons. The really disturbing thing is how easily and how relatively cheaply, for less than $10,000 for the entire arsenal, this attack was enabled. And later, men in South Africa learned to hear and respect the women in their lives. She also wanted to be heard. She also wanted to have a say. She needed to be respected as my equal half, not someone who's just here. Support for PRI's The World comes from TIAA CREF, a financial services company helping to create financial outcomes that matter. Learn more at TIAA.org. I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. Funerals today in France for four of the people killed in last week's attack on Charlie Hebdo. And even as France continues to grieve, we're hearing new details about where the attackers got their military-grade assault weapons. These are the kind of weapons that are very difficult to obtain legally anywhere in the European Union. Yet it seems one of the killers, Amedi Koulibaly, was able to find the guns the group wanted in Belgium. Few details have been released officially, but the BBC's security correspondent, Frank Gardner, filled me in on what he's been finding out. Well, the really disturbing thing is how easily and how relatively cheaply, for less than $10,000 for the entire arsenal, this attack was enabled. How is all this possible in Europe with all the stringent firearms laws they have there? Well, it's precisely, some would argue, because of the stringent firearms laws that people go straight to the underworld. They go to the criminal illegal arms market. There is a great mass of them washing around, sadly. And I interviewed, uh, yesterday I interviewed somebody called Gilles de Cachauve, who is the European Union's coordinator on counterterrorism. And he admitted, he said that it's relatively easy to get, if you know where to go, to get hold of military weapons in Europe. So if reports are accurate, Belgium was the marketplace for for this deal. Is Belgium known for this kind of thing? And what do you know about the Belgian arms dealer that apparently has either come forward or been arrested? Well, there are two, according to the Belgian media reports, one of whom is believed to have supplied the weapons to Koulibaly, uh, another of whom is believed to have handed himself in. It's not clear if they are one and the same person. Um, Clearly, um, somebody who has seen Koulibaly's name does not want to get done for terrorism when he is involved with criminality, but not terrorism, because there's going to be a huge difference in the penalties. Uh, so he's, if it's true, then he has chosen the lesser crime, as it were. But there is a very thriving black market underworld in Belgium and other places for black market weapons. And the collapse of Yugoslavia in the 1990s, which resulted in those wars in Croatia and Bosnia and later Kosovo, has meant that there is a huge surplus of locally produced Balkan weapons, powerful weapons, things like the AKM with a folding paratrooper stock um, that take 30-round magazines that are falling into the wrong hands. And that's a real worry. Frank, do you have any idea how long before the attacks uh, these weapons were purchased? And are are there any indications uh, of who taught the attackers how to use these weapons? Yes. I mean, the, the, the supply of the weapons 
is reportedly as recently as December, so within the last few weeks. Um, in terms of military training, um, because these were relatively professionally carried out, these attacks, certainly the the raid on the Charlie Hebdo offices, you know, their, their fire maneuver was quite professional. Um, it appears that at least one of them was trained in Yemen by al-Qaeda in the Raven Peninsula. And of course, yesterday we had the claim by AQAP, as they call themselves, that they were behind it. But one or two things don't stack up here, that, that you know, this time gap, because Said Kouashi is believed to have visited Yemen in 2011 and left the following year. Why would he wait two and a half years to do the attack? It's not that sophisticated an attack. It doesn't take two and a half years to put it together. Did he become a sleeper, part of a sleeper cell, and then sort of go quiet and was then activated? It's possible. But then where is the suicide video, the martyrdom video that is normally issued in cases like this? The BBC security correspondent Frank Gardner there. By the way, Belgian police today conducted an...